Hello, and thank you for connecting with us here at Oasis Online. If this ministry is an encouragement to you, I would love to hear from you. Would you send me an email at pastor at obclv.org? I hope you enjoy the service today and that God would speak directly to your heart. I'm going to continue in on a sermon series that we've been doing here on Sunday mornings. And uh, we've been, I've, I've done a series entitled The Greatest Gift Exchange. And uh, the, tonight I've entitled the sermon, The Hope of All the World. And we're going to look at a passage of scripture uh, out of Luke. And uh, it's really not the Christmas story, but it, it's, a, it's about a gentleman who has a hope to, to see. And so what we've been looking at for the next, or for the last couple weeks, and we'll wrap it up tomorrow morning, but we've been looking at the greatest gift exchange and why Christ came and why, that, why would God send His only begotten Son to the earth? Why, why would He do that? And we've looked at a number of different things, and one of the, the silly illustrations that I used early on in the series, and I've kind of used it throughout, is, is if you've ever been to school, or if you've ever been at work, or within your family, and you've done gift exchanges, and you've been the one that you were so excited about the gift that you brought, and you brought it, and you gave it to your whoever your classmate was, and you got in return something that just wasn't quite nearly as cool as what you brought. Anybody been there? Some of you are not going to raise your hand. But I remember many times where I'm like, wow, this was really not really cool. I didn't like this gift that I got in return. But we've all kind of been there. We've all had some form of a gift exchange or whatever it would be. But, but when we look at this, Christ came to the earth. Christ came down here to exchange his life with ours. And we've been looking at that for the last several weeks. We've looked at it that, that Christ came to give us joy in the midst of our sadness. A couple weeks ago, or last week, we looked at Christ came to give us peace in the midst of our fear. Tonight, we're going to look that Christ came, that we would have hope, that He would be the hope of all of the world. In Matthew chapter 12, it says, it says this, that, he, that in His name, the Gentiles shall hope. There's another, another version, or if you do some study on that, it says that the hope of all the world, in His name is the hope of all the world. And this evening, we're going to look at that, and I promise you, I'm going to have you out on time. I think I say that every single week, but I believe in the last four years, I've been doing Christmas Eve services, and I have had you out in an hour. How I can do it on Christmas Eve, I can't do it any other time, I don't know but I do. But nonetheless, Jesus Christ came and it is His name that gives us hope. The hope that is for all people of all times. The hope that is found in Jesus is the hope that every person alive today and who is ever alive has and had the chance to have. God's Word says that He came to seek and to save that which was lost. The Bible tells us that Jesus was born in a manger He was born of a virgin to live a sinless life, to die a sinner's death for the sin of all mankind, to rise again on the third day for the remission of sin for all man. Romans says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And most everybody in here would be able to quote some of these passages of Scripture with me. It says that the wages of sin is death. And there is absolutely nothing that we can do to fix that. 
There is nothing that I can do and all of the things that I might be able to give to the church or give to charity or, or be kind and helping neighbors and doing all those things. There is nothing that I can do. I spent time with a gentleman this last week and I said, hey, I want to ask you one question. Gentleman is on his last days and I, I shared with him at the hospital bed and I said, I just have one question. Are you sure of what eternity has for you? And he said this, and quite honestly, it literally just broke my heart. He said, I've always lived by the golden rule, do unto others. And he goes, and I believe that as I have done very good, and I've been good to people, and I've lived according to that rule, that I believe as I've been good and I've done those things, that God will take care of me in the afterlife. And I thought to myself just that. I wish it was that simple that I could say to you tonight, listen, all, that's all that you, oh, thank you, I'm glad that you were a good person. But the reality is, God's Word does not say that. Tonight, as we look at this passage of Scripture, I, I can't help, and I, I think of that particular time. This week, I sat at two people's bedside that were terminal. Actually, this week, I've been with three people. I think the people outside of church I've been with the most in the last week have been people that are literally terminal and have been given months, days, months, or uh, somewhere in that time to live. All three of them, I stand here today knowing without a shadow of a doubt, none of them know Christ is their Savior. And I look at this, and as I was putting these things together tonight, there is nothing that we can do to correct the wage of that sin. There is nothing that I can do except that if we continue that passage of Scripture, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. The greatest gift, He came to take your sin and to give you hope. He came to exchange His perfect life for, your, your, uh, for, your, for yours. He came to take your fear and to give you peace. He came that, you would, uh, that He would take the worry that we have, the anxiety that we have, and that He would give you joy. He came that when we were dead in our sins and in our trespasses, that He came to give us life and to give it to us everlasting. Tonight, it's a great time of the season. This is Thanksgiving and Christmas, the month that that is, is some of the greatest times. I love just spending time with my family. I love thinking about the things. If you're, if you're like me or many of you in here, you, you may reminisce or you go back through different times of your life and you think of how it was maybe when you were a child or you think of different things and, and a lot of those things bring lots of joy. This week I was in my office and I was studying and I often play music in the background because I can't handle too much quietness. But I was playing music in the background and I go through different stations on Pandora. And this week, for like a day and a half, I listened to the Gaithers um, Holiday. I can only handle it for so long. But I really love Southern Gospel, but I just, I can only handle it for so long when I'm just listening. But anyway, and I was listening to that, and a song came on, and it brought back one, my uncle sang it, and I remember my uncle singing it, and it brought back memories, and then I started to think of it, and I started to think of my own children, I started to think of different things, but, but it took me back through different times of, of life. I sent my sister a text message, hey, I miss you, I love you. 
I wish you were here with us. I thought you'd think of all of these things. And it's such a good time. For some, it's a hard time, and I get that. But I go through all of these things, and so many people, here's the sad part about Christmas season. We have so much fun. We all, everybody everywhere always says, you know, enjoy the family and enjoy your time off and all of these things. But so many people live hopeless at Christmas. So many people live hopeless at Christmas. And tonight, and throughout the series that I've been doing, The Greatest Gift Exchange, I just want you to know that He is the hope of all the world. The greatest gift exchange is that Jesus Christ, that God the Father sent His only begotten Son to exchange His life with ours. And in doing so, giving us a hope that otherwise we do not have. See, when I stood at the bedside of that gentleman this week and I asked him that question, I know for certain because God has given me a hope of eternity. I know for certain that if something were to happen to me right now, where I would go. I'm not ready to go, but I know exactly where I would be. I am prepared to go. And when you stand beside somebody and they say, we're working on that right now. And you know it's not a matter of working on it. It's a matter of just give yourself to the only one that can help you. Yesterday, we went, and I think Brinley was with me, and we went to a gentleman who has been facing cancer, and it looks like it's going to be good, but he's been at death's door for the last several months as he's been facing this and battling it. And they, like I said, it looks like things are going to go well, but I presented that question to them as a family, and the, he, he said those exact words, I think we're really working on that. I have a hope. Because I have an exchanged life where I've given mine because He's given me a hope for eternity. What is hope? Hope is this, a feeling that what is wanted will be had. A feeling that what is wanted will be had. In Romans 15 it says, now the God of hope will fill you. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that ye may abound in hope. Through what? The power of the Holy Ghost. If you have your Bible with you, I believe all of this will be on the screen, but in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse number 25, Luke chapter 2 and verse number 25, and we'll get to a couple simple and quick points tonight, and I will let you go to do whatever it is that you are doing. A lot of people I have seen through Facebook have done Christmas already. Is there, is, how many of you have already opened all your Christmas gifts? You haven't opened your Christmas gifts. Look at I've watched many families that were like, we're doing Christmas on Saturday because of church tomorrow. That just means we'll have to get up earlier in our home, but... Rough crowd tonight. Rough crowd tonight. Luke chapter 2. Maybe we should just pray. And this was the 30... This is the shortest church service you've ever been to. Luke chapter 2. Starting in verse 25, it says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. 
And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of all thy people, Israel. Father God, I ask you tonight that you would use your word. Lord, I don't know each person that sits in this room tonight. I don't know that every person that's here knows you as personal Savior. And Lord, tonight, if there is one that sits here that is hopeless tonight, Lord, I pray that there is something that would prick a hold of their heart and and just grab a hold of them tonight, that they would say yes to you. Lord, there is no greater Christmas gift than that of salvation tonight and tomorrow. And I pray if there is one that doesn't know you, they would tonight. Father, I ask that you would just be with us these next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Simeon, it says, was a just and a devout man, a follower of God. And he was promised that he would see the Messiah. It says you would, he would live until he has seen the Messiah. How about that? Could you imagine? Think of, I, I, there's certain things in Scripture that just make me go, wow, that is really awesome. This was really one of them. To be filled, it says, with the Holy Ghost. And it says that somebody, one of the angels, came upon him and let him know, you will not see death until you see Jesus Christ. So I don't know the age of Simeon. I don't know if he was 10. I don't know if he was 30. I don't know how old Simeon was when he, when he was told that. And I don't know how old he was when he actually got to, it says that he held the baby Jesus. So Simeon was in the temple and Mary and Joseph came in and and Simeon, I don't know what took place. I don't know if Jesus was glowing. I don't know what was going on. But all of a sudden, Simeon knew that that was the baby Jesus. He knew that that was the Messiah. That was the king. That That was Christ. There's been a lot of babies walk through our church doors. And you all know how that happens when that firstborn baby walks in and the family's been gone for a couple weeks or whatever it is and they come in with the baby or they're holding the the car seat, whatever that is, and everybody's fawning over the baby. But I can imagine Simeon, I don't know how it took place or what took place, but Simeon was promised that he would see Jesus Christ before his time of death. Man, what kind of hope is that? What an amazing hope. What an amazing thought. He was in the temple and he saw Jesus. He held the baby and he saw the promise that he was given. And he said, now I can depart in peace with hope. See, I look at so many different things, and my intention is not to be gloom and doom tonight, obviously, but 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it says, Do not sorrow as those, 4.13, as those who have no hope. My first thought this morning or this evening is hope requires knowing what is ahead. Hope requires knowing what is ahead. And in verse number 30 of this passage, it says, For mine eyes have seen thy salvation 
we can look at many things in our lives that we do that have an end in sight. There's certain things, I don't know how many of you have done or what your, what your activities are throughout your day or throughout your, your life, but I can think of so many different things where I have partake of, I have began to partake into something, whether it was athletics, whether it was work, whether it was uh, maybe hiking a mountain, maybe it was doing something, I don't know what it was, where you knew when you started your journey, you already knew what the end was. How many of you have maybe taken a hike and you got about halfway through your hike, you feel like you are about to fall over and die, but you're like, no, I've seen pictures of what it looks like up there and I'm going. Anybody been with me there? I've taken hikes and I've gone places where I'm like, holy cow. We took a trip with teenagers few years back, I don't know, well, I guess it's been more than a few years back. It's been probably five or six years. But we took a trip with teenagers, and one of my leaders thought it would be great to just take the kids and go. Not listen to me. I was not happy because I have a lot of kids that are responsible, that I'm responsible for, and those particular students did not come back when they were supposed to, and they were with us, an adult. I had one hope. I was going to be there until I found those stinking kids, and I was going to kill the leader. We walked, and we walked, and we walked, and we walked. And the more that we walked, the angrier that I got. And I just wanted to wring his neck. You know why I continued to do that? This is a really bad illustration. But I wanted to find those kids because I did not want to make that phone call home. How many of you maybe went to work this week and the only reason that you continued through work this week because you knew at the end when you clocked out, you got a paycheck? Amen? And how many of you knew when you got the paycheck it was already gone? Amen. No, you have a hope. There's, a, there's an end in sight. If all of you were to go to work on Monday or maybe you have the time off this week, I don't know what your schedule is, but if you were to all go to work, those of you that are not retired, if you were to go to work this week and the boss was like, well, I hope you put in a good 40 I don't know if you're getting paid at the end of the week, though. Your response and your drive to finish and do really well this week would probably be different. In athletics, I always had the drive because I wanted to win. I wanted to be the best that I could be. So I would go to the gym or I would do the things that I needed to do so that I could compete, so that I could win. Do you know sometimes it hurt really, really bad? I'll never forget. I don't know why I'm telling you this. I'll never forget. There was a particular day I was a senior in high school and I was working out and I had a stick shift. I could hardly push the clutch in because my legs were on fire. Do you know why I did that? Because I had a goal. I had an end in mind. Listen, hope requires knowing what is ahead. 
Is it worth it? Goes through our minds often when we're doing specific things. For Simeon, he went through life. He went through so much of what he was doing because he had an end in mind. He knew that there was a promise that he was going to see the Christ. He was going to see the Messiah. The hope of all the world was his promise. What hope do you have tonight? Let me ask you that. What hope do you have tonight? I'm grateful tonight that I know what lies ahead. I'm grateful tonight that as a child... I gave my life to the Lord. And I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You know what? When I was that kid, I I was talking to Norma in the office this week about that. I don't know that I fully understood everything as a child. I knew that I did not want to go to hell. I recognized that I was wrong in my sin. I recognized many of those things, but it was many years later, probably up until my junior, senior year of high school, maybe even a little bit longer, that I really began to fully grasp a hold of what the hope was that I had in Christ. I shared on Sunday when my grandfather passed away when I was 18, I recognized at a greater level what that hope was. But see, I began to understand that there was a hope that lied ahead of me. And hope requires knowing what is ahead. You know, many people are fearful of death because they do not know what lies ahead of them. I have a hope for eternity, for my future, for I know that God sent His Son for my sin, for my eternity. Simeon lived with a hope as well. This hope, the next point, is that it was given by God to you. God's desire is for you and I to live in hope. He desires that we have a hope to be hopeless, or not to be hopeless. In verse number 31, it says, Which thou hast prepared before the face of all the people. If we were to go back to verse 30, it says, For mine eyes have seen thy salvation and that salvation which is, is what was prepared before the face of all people. God gave us that before any of us were ever even thought of. The hope that we have today, if you know Christ as Savior, was given before we were even thought of because God planned the salvation long before any of us. It was given to us by God. Salvation has been prepared by God for you and I. I've said this so many times lately in our church is that we were created with relationship with Him in mind. God created you and I to have a perfect relationship with Him. And our sin separated that. Salvation was given and planned by God for you and I to have For all mankind. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. God's love was given for all mankind. He loves you and nothing you or I do will separate that love. Ephesians chapter 2, a favorite verse of mine. It says that He hath quickened us who were dead in in our trespasses and sin. He had quickened us. He brought us to life. 
Romans 5 and verse 8, But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why? Because He prepared a salvation long before for you and for me. A hope was given by God. A hope is guaranteed. Tonight I can tell you without any shadow of a doubt, God is not questioning the hope that He's given to you. Salvation is not in question. There is nothing about what God has given to us that we can go, well, I'm not quite sure. God isn't going to look down and say, well, I, I, I remember that time when He said that prayer and when He truly accepted me, but since then there's been a few things that I didn't like about Him. No, God so loved the world that He gave His Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. It's a guarantee. It is a promise. It is an absolute. It says in verse number 32, A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. That salvation is a light. That salvation is, is, is illuminating. Listen, we all need light. Jesus Christ came to be that light. Christ came to illuminate. Christ came to uh, eliminate darkness. He came to eliminate the hopelessness. He came to eliminate the fear. He came to eliminate all of your sadness, all of your pains, all of your struggles. Listen, I wish I could say tonight, I beg you to come forward and give your life to Jesus. And I beg you to to lay everything down. And as soon as you do so, if you're sick, you'll be healed. If you need money, it's going to drop from heaven. If you need whatever it is, I wish I could say, boom, that's going to happen. I can't tell you that this morning or this evening, but I can promise you this. One day, one day I know that all your pain and all your struggle will be gone if you give your life to Christ. One day that I, every, every time I sit down with different people, especially those that are a little older than me, I hear about aches and pains. It just happens. And everybody says, you don't want to get old. You don't want to get old. You don't want to get old. You know, the older that you get, you just can't do the things that you used to. You don't heal as fast as you used to. I'm not old, but I'm slowly learning. But here's why I say any of that. Because though I can't The greatest hope that I have is not that God will correct my body while I'm here on earth. The greatest hope that I have is not that every relationship will be perfect here on earth. Is not that every financial woe will be will be healed. Not in any of those things. But that I know without a shadow of a doubt that the hope that I have is in eternity. And that God will make all things right. One day I will have a brand new body. One day I will not have a worry in the world. One day there will be no more sadness. There will be no more tears. There will be nothing but perfect 
peace and joy and comfort. And we don't, we can't even begin to fathom or understand it. But one day, that's what we have. Listen, that is why Christ came. You say, well, this isn't really a great story of Jesus in the manger. And that's really what I was expecting tonight was something cute. And, and there was going to be talk of a manger and we're all those things. Listen, Jesus Christ came not not that the manger is, is, we're not taking that out. That's an incredible story in and of itself. And that's a whole two or three sermons in the, the virgin birth and all of those things. But he came to exchange his life with yours. He came that you would have hope. He came that you would have everlasting life in him. And this evening, I want to tell you that it's, it's a guarantee. It's not me just saying, well, this is a really great thing, and I, you just need Jesus. Because one day, I, I, I think it's going to be really cool when we get to go to heaven. No, I'm telling you this. I know it's going to be really cool. I can't explain it all, but I know it's going to be awesome. And here's why I tell you, here's what I would say to you, and I shared this yesterday afternoon with the gentleman and I said this I said I, I believe with all of my heart I've trusted that Jesus is who Jesus said he is I believe that the Bible is what it says that it is I believe all of those things but here's why I get excited about God's word and about God because I know without a shadow of a doubt how God has radically changed my life I didn't grow up with drugs and alcohol and having a horrible life, but I know without a shadow of a doubt, without God in my life, I don't know where I would be, but I know I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today, and I don't know who Aaron would be. I really don't. Yeah, my testimony might not be crazy like some, but I've watched God walk in the door and perform a miracle after miracle after miracle in my life. I have such a hope for eternity. I have such a hope for my life. I pray that over my children, I pray that over this church, that we would grab a hold of it, that you as an individual would grab a hold of it. It's a guarantee There's so much that can be said if we look at Scripture. Psalm 71 and verse 5 says, For Thou art my hope, O Lord God, Thou art my trust from my youth. Lamentations chapter 3 says, The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in Him. Psalms 119, 114, Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. Listen, this evening, I don't know where you sit. I don't know the life that you've led. I don't know where you're at tonight. I don't know if you've been drugging here. I don't know if every Christmas Eve this is just part of your tradition. I do not know why you're here tonight. But let me just share with you in the last couple minutes before we leave tonight. Believer, listen, there's many that sit in this room 
that would say that they know Christ as Savior and that they would proclaim Christianity and they would proclaim, proclaim to love the Lord, but they live a hopeless life. I've said it I don't know how many times. Stop. I can just put it like I treat my kids. Stop it. Stop it. Take the weight off of your shoulders. Lay it in his hands. He never meant for you to carry that burden. He came so that he could carry that burden for you. He never meant for you to worry over the things that you worry. Stop it. Let him worry about it. Those of you that may come tonight and you would say, I don't know for sure. I don't know this Christianity. I'm not for certain of what heaven is and what that looks like. And I don't know that I have a hope for eternity. Listen, let me just beg you tonight. Let me beg you tonight. There is one God who sent his only begotten son because he loved you. For the intent and the purpose that you would have a hope in him. Thank you for worshiping with us here at Oasis Online. If this message was an encouragement to you, would you send me an email and let me know at pastor at obclv.org. Before you go, go check us out at oasisbaptistchurch.org. And if we can be of any help to you or an encouragement to you, please let us know. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.